Adieu to Norman, bonjour to Joan and Jean-Paul, by Frank O'Hara. It is 12.10 in New York, and I am wondering if I will finish this in time to meet Norman for lunch. Ah, lunch. I think I'm going crazy, what with my terrible hangover and the weekend coming up at excitement-prone Kenneth Coke's I wish I was staying in town and working on my poems at Jones Studio for a new book by Grove Press, which they will probably not print. But it is good to be several floors up in the dead of night, wondering whether you are any good or not, and the only decision you can make is that you did it. Yesterday, I looked up the Rue Fremicor on a map and was happy to find it like a bird, flying over Paris, Essent en Verons, which unfortunately did not include Seine et Oise, which I don't know, as well as a number of other things. And Alan is back talking about God a lot, and Peter is back talking not very much, and Joe is, has a cold and is not coming to Kenneth's, although he is coming to lunch with Norman. I suspect he is making a distinction. Well, who isn't? I wish I were reeling around Paris instead of reeling around New York. I wish I weren't reeling at all. It is spring, the ice has melted, the Ricard is being poured. We are all happy and young and toothless. It is the same as old age. The only thing to do is simply continue. Is that simple? Yes, it is simple because it is the only thing to do. Can you do it? Yes, you can because it is the only thing to do. Blue light over the Bois de Boulogne, it continues. The Seine continues. The Louvre stays open. It continues. It hardly closes at all. The Bar American continues to be French. De Gaulle continues to be Algerian, as does Camus. Shirley Goldfarb continues to be Shirley Goldfarb. And Jane Hazen continues to be Jane Freilicher, I think. And Erlen Sandler continues to be the balayeur d'artiste. And so do I. Sometimes I think I am in love with painting. And surely the Piscina de Ligne continues to have water in it, and the Flore continues to have tables and newspapers and people under them, and surely we shall not continue to be happy, we shall be happy, but we shall continue to be ourselves, everything continues to be possible. René Char, Pierre Reverdy, Samuel Beckett, it is possible, isn't it? I love Reverdy for saying yes, though I don't believe it. This experiment of trying to learn about poetry during lockdown began for me with a Frank O'Hara collection called Lunch Poems. It's a small book which can fit in your pocket, and it was the first collection of poetry I ever bought. In these poems, the narrator is an alter ego of O'Hara, who is a man in his 30s working in an administrative office job in New York, who aspires to be a great writer. Every day in his lunch hour, he would take a notepad out with him and scribble poems, and these poems evolved into this collection. I really, really like these lunch poems. On the surface, they're quite simple. Most of them follow a very similar style, describing almost spontaneously O'Hara's explorations on his lunch hour, what he does, what he sees, what he's thinking about. 
they read almost like a diary entry. I did this, then I did this, then I did this. And this creates this kind of dynamism and spontaneity that I really like. Beneath the chattiness and informality of these poems, though, they're also quite philosophical. He tries to take on these big ethereal ideas about life and comes to terms with them using specific everyday images and the banal details of his life and his friends. And what this creates is poetry that is both specifically personal to him, but also curiously universal. The poems also seem both distinctly very much of the 1960s in New York and also very current. They have a somewhat rambling conversational tone, but they're also beautifully balanced and controlled. They never say too much. I imagine that O'Hara is writing these poems as much for himself as for anyone else to read them. The poems become this vehicle for the narrators to escape their boring, unfulfilling office job and try to liberate their distracted mind for one hour a day and become deeper connected with their life and their experiences. For me, it's a reminder that while a lot of us talk today about our need to slow down and get perspective and find deeper connection, this isn't a new phenomenon. O'Hara was talking about these same things 60 years ago. In many of my favourite poems in the collection, the narrator takes you on a journey, both a literal journey of his walks through New York and also a metaphorical journey of his search for meaning and creativity amidst the superficiality and noise of New York. They often begin by describing O'Hara's day and surroundings in quite ordinary expository terms, but by the end you have shifted to talking about what's truly on O'Hara's mind. The eternal questions of life and him trying to come to terms with his feelings, his worries, his dreams and his desires. There are lots of poems I could have chosen to show this. I also really like music and a step away from them and how to get there. These are all really accessible and interesting examples of O'Hara's style. But I chose this one because I think it demonstrates this dual journey most clearly. The poem starts with the narrator's brain whirring through all the things in his calendar to do. His hyperactive mind rushing through lunch plans, the party at the weekend. But beyond this to-do list, we get these pockets throughout the poem where his underlying insecurities break through and reveal themselves. What emerges is a picture of a man who is living an, living an incredibly full life, full of friends and parties and socialising and trips abroad and book deals, but also a very empty life. This poem demonstrates the narrator trying to reckon with these tensions he is surrounded by so much, yet is plagued by a feeling of loneliness. He's vulnerable and he feels frightened. There are parts of this poem where I feel the narrator is lying to himself. He says halfway through how we are all young and happy, but then later on 
he admits that perhaps we are all unhappy. Elsewhere, he claims that escaping New York will provide a solution. He craves the anonymity and pessimism of Europe. But even here, he knows that escaping to Paris would merely paper over the cracks and won't heal the insecurities after all. The poem reads, I wish I were reeling around Paris instead of reeling around New York. I wish I weren't reeling at all. I also love the lines, We are all happy and young and toothless. It is the same as old age. The only thing to do is simply continue. Is that simple? Here, O'Hara is trying to be wise beyond his years to show that he has a handle on what's important in life. But even in trying to keep this perspective, he is drowned by doubt. He goes on to say, it is simple because it is the only thing to do. Can you do it? Yes, you can. You can because it is the only thing to do. In other words, it turns out that his wisdom to just continue and carry on doesn't come from a place of confidence and certainty, but from a place of insecurity and powerlessness. He's not choosing to carry on as the way to live. He's just forced to carry on because he has no other choice. Each time I read this poem, I feel I get deeper into this troubled and conflicted mind, and I find it reassuring. It articulates some of the doubts and uncertainties going on beneath the surface of my conscience too. I really, really love O'Hara's poetry. I think it's rich and clever and entertaining. So here again is Adieu to Norman, Bonjour to Joan and Jean-Paul by Frank O'Hara. It is 12.10 in New York and I am wondering if I will finish this in time to meet Norman for lunch. Ah, lunch. I think I'm going crazy, what with my terrible hangover and the weekend coming up at excitement-prone Kenneth Cokes. I wish I was staying in town and working on my poems at Jones Studio for a new book by Grove Press, which they probably will not print, but it is good to be several floors up, in the dead of night, wondering whether you are any good or not, and the only decision you can make is that you did it. Yesterday, I looked up the Rue Fremicor on a map and was happy to find it like a bird, flying over Paris et Saint-Environs, which, unfortunately, did not include Saint-Dé-Héouise, which I don't know, as well as a number of other things. And Alan is back talking about God a lot, and Peter is back not talking very much, and Joe has a cold and is not coming to Kenneth, although he is coming to lunch with Norman. I suspect he is making a distinction. Well, who isn't? I wish I were reeling around Paris instead of reeling around New York. I wish I weren't reeling at all. It is spring. The ice has melted. The Ricard is being poured. We are all happy and young and toothless. It is the same as old age. The only thing to do is simply continue. Is that simple? Yes, it is simple because it is the only thing to do. Can you do it? Yes, you can, because it is the only thing to do. Blue light over the Bois de Bologna, it continues. The Seine continues. The Louvre stays open, it continues. It hardly closes at all. The Bar American continues to be French, 
De Gaulle continues to be Algerian, as does Camus. Shirley Goldfarb continues to be Shirley Goldfarb, and Jane Hazen continues to be Jane Freilicher, I think. And Irvin Sandler continues to be the balayeur d'artiste, and so do I. Sometimes I think I'm in love with painting. And surely the piscina Deligne continues to have water in it, and the flore continues to have tables and newspapers and people under them, and surely we shall not continue to be unhappy, we shall be happy, but we shall continue to be ourselves. Everything continues to be possible. René Char, Pierre Reverdy, Samuel Beckett, it is possible, isn't it? I love Reverdy for saying yes, though I don't believe it.